it's now time for another episode of that other Masonic podcast. You know, not this one, not that one, that other Masonic podcast. To another episode. Hey, 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 this ain't NPR, man. Come on. Welcome back to another episode of That Other Masonic Podcast. Brother Jared Atkins. I'm Brother Todd Whaley. Coming to you from beautiful Bethlehem Lodge, number 574, in the Hoosier State, baby. In beautiful Bird's Eye, Indiana. Small town, Bird's Eye, Indiana, in Dubois County. How that? many people does Bird's Eye have in it, living? A town? Yeah, the town proper. I was, When I was in high school, I told everybody I said the population was somewhere between 400 and 700, I think. Yeah, I think you're about right. So I, it, we'll say 1,000 or under. Oh, oh you're going you're gonna to chop in the Google machine. Let's, chop. let's look at Wikipedia here. What's their guesstimate? Uh, let me see. Birds, uh, Indiana. I'm surprised it's bird, bird's eye, not bird eye. <laughs> Yeah, shoot. If my fat fingers would do anything, I'd be all right. That's what go. she said. <laughs> yeah, that's where it is. Uh, 415 as of 2010. That census is way off. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but I'm sure it's probably lower than that by now. You like the view of Skinner's building there? Yeah, I think he's halfway clean then. Yeah, that doesn't look like that anymore. The family dollar sits in that spot now. Oh, you're right. Down the hill. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. it does, doesn't it? Yep, That's from the right water there. tower looking down. Yep, yep, yep. And old brother Skinner, brother Carl Stephan, we reference. That's his. Yep. That's his bird's eye Walmart sitting there in the <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of that hill. Let's see. In, uh, oh, 2020, uh, 417, 2020. So yeah, it's the total area of the whole town is 0.64 miles. Hmm. So it's like that big and a big pot. <laughs> Perfectly. It's the size of a hole. Todd, what's one thing we do on this show when we're ill-prepared? Well, that, wait, that's every episode. Like, that's every episode. Uh, rabbit holes? We rabbit holes and we grab articles. Basically. Uh, and tonight, we're grabbing an article from MasonicWorld.com. This comes to us from the Short Talk Bulletin, volume number five. Uh, I don't know if you call this episode or edition number nine from September of 1927. So almost 94 years ago, 96 years ago. Your math's better than mine, brother. <laughs> and it's called The Ruffians. Now, hold on. Hold on. I know what everybody's saying. You can't go in there and talk about this. You can't do that. that. Mm. You can't talk about that. You can't have a Masonic podcast. That's all secret. (laughs) I need them French fried taters. I was going to make a sling blade reference there. With with mustard on them. (laughs) French fried potatoes. Uh, The author of this is unknown. But uh, we're going to work through this tonight. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Because I, I'm interested. We'll, we'll read a little bit. Do, so. We'll break it down. We'll read a little bit. We'll break it down. Uh, as every Mason knows, at the heart of our mysteries lies a legend in which we learn how three unworthy craftsmen entered into a plot to extort 
from a famous Mason a secret to which we would all agree they had no rights to. It's familiar enough, and it's setting its sequence, and it is part of an initiation which no Mason will ever forget, right? True. Nobody ever forgets that night. I didn't. <laughs> I bet some guys you were a part of their initiation that night would never forget either. <laughs> Adam, Adam Nelson, <laughs> I'm talking about you, baby. I don't remember what I did either. <laughs> well, apparently you left in lasting impact. I, don't, I couldn't remember how many times I'd done that, but... And again, and again, Adam, I want to thank you so much for uh, being being up there at Grand Lodge in my absence. And no more what we did. <laughs> in spite of its familiarity, the scene in which the ruffians appear is one of the most impressive for any man to ever behold. And it is not marred, if it is not marred, as it often is, by a hint of rowdy. No one can witness it without being made to feel there is a secret which... For all our wit and wisdom, we have not yet won from the master builder of the world, the mystery of evil in the life of the man. So it continues on saying, to one who feels the pathos of life and ponders its mysteries, a part of its tragedy is in the fact that the great man toiling for the good of the race is so often stricken down when the goal of his labors is almost within his reach, such as as Lincoln was shot in an hour when he was most needed. Nor is he an isolated example. The shadow lies dark upon the pages of history in every age. Boy, this is some... They wrote a lot different in 1927. Yeah, they definitely understood it, yeah. Yeah, they're a lot smarter than we are. They're more gooder. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Now here, this case on says, this question is baffling. Why is it that the evil men, acting from low motives and for selfish aims, have such power to throw the race into confusion and bring ruin upon all, defeating the very end at which they aim? Is it so true that all of the holy things of life, the very things that make it worth living, are held at the risk and exposed to the peril of evil forces? And if so, why should be? There's some people out there like, boys, you're getting too in-depth for me. I can't handle all this. Just give it to me in the old plain English. <laughs> why do we have to go with Billy Bob Thornton? Why would you have to start that? Because now I'm going to do... Because that's every redneck and hillbilly I know, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you're from Missouri. Yep. <laughs> and then you got a, then you become a Hoosier transplant in the yep. north central part. Yep, that's me. Come from being a lead head to being a Hoosier. A lead head, <laughs> biggest lead mines in the world is Missouri. That's where all them Tesla batteries are coming from, right? No, they're coming from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, let's continue on talking about ruffians. And so on. <laughs> if we cannot answer such questions, we can at least ask another nearer to hand. Since everything in masonry is symbolic, who are the ruffians and what is the legend trying to tell us? Of course, we know the names, but what is the truth back all of it to which it will help us know? Wow, they wrote different. Yeah, they did. In the 20s. As is true of all Masonic symbols, as many meanings have found as there have been seekers. I would not have wrote this article this way. Hey, I did good in English class. That's one of the classes I aced. 
Government, or not government, <laughs> like punctuation, grammar, spelling, like I knocked it out of the park. So. I mean, I care what. I mean, I was definitely more good at English than a lot of people was. Okay. <laughs> there ain't no way I could have messed that up. True. Are you, did you just, mm-hmm. I hate those things. Mm-hmm. It all depends. <laughs> okay, we got to get focused. There's people already tuning off. I just heard, wait. Click. There, there's one. Click. There's another one. Click that one. Click. Come back. What kind of bull crap is this? She's laying on the door. Come back. Come back. <laughs> she blows the whistle. I watched Titanic the other day. Oh, uh, there you go. It all depends on the key in which each seeker sets out to unlock the meaning of the fraternity. To those who trace our symbolism to the ancient solar worship, the three ruffians are the three winter months who plot to murder the beauty and glory of the summer, destroying the life-giving heat of the sun. To those who find the origin of masonry in the ancient mysteries of Egypt, it is the drama of Typhon, the spirit of evil, slaying Osiris, the spirit of the good, who is resurrected into rising triumphantly over death. So this is getting pretty. Mm-hmm. Not a few find the fulfillment of this oldest of all the dramas in life and death of Jesus, who was put to death outside the city gate by three of the most ruthless ruffians, the priest, the politician, and the mob. Which of the three is the worst foe of humanity is hard to tell. But where they work together, as they usually do, there is no crime against man of which they have been guilty. Now, here, this will get you, because here's, here's your favorite word. A few think that masonry as we have it, grew out of the downfall of the Knights Templar. (laughs) Identify the three assassins as they are called in the lodges of Europe with three renegade knights who falsely accused the order and so aided King Philip and Pope Clement to abolish Templarism and slay its Grand Master. A very few see in Cromwell and his adherence to the plot Putting to death Charles the First. I haven't done my York right stuff. This is yeah, I never heard that part. I'm, I'm mm. just, it is plain that we must go further back and deeper down if we are to find who the real ruffians are still at large. Albert Pike identified the three brothers who are the greatest enemies of individual welfare and social progress as Kingcraft, Priestcraft. And the ignorant mob mind. Is that the rain? Yeah. Together they conspired to destroy liberty without which man can make no advance. The first strikes a blow at the throat, the seed of the freedom of speech, and that is a mortal wound. Okay. The second stabs at the heart, the home of the freedom of conscience, and that is a well now fatal since it puts out the last ray of divine light by which man is guided. The third of the foul plotters fells a victim dead with a blow to the brain, which is the throne of the freedom of thought. This is... Uh, pretty deep. I like it, though. This pretty... You really? I never really thought about it before. You, you like this? Well, let's continue. Well, I always wondered what the symbolism was where they strike the... Where they do, do their, their three strikes. You know what I mean? Well, let's, let's continue on. Let's I never really thought about it, but I think I'm kind of curious. Keep going. No lesson could be plainer. It is written upon every page of the past. If by apathy, neglect, or stupidity, we suffer free speech, free conscience, and free thought to be destroyed by kingcraft, 
priestcraft or the mob mind as Todd is giving us great EQ there. Yeah, you're well. Or by all three working together, for they are brothers and usually go hand in hand. The temple of God will be dark. There will be no designs upon the trestle board, and the result will be idleness, confusion, and chaos. It is a parable of history, a picture of many in an age in the past which we read, for there is no light of divine vision. The altar fire is extinguished. People perish, the Bible tells us. Literally, they become a mob, which is the only another way of saying the same thing. There are no designs on the trestle board, so there is no leadership. As in Russia today, where the herd mind, where the herd mind runs wild and runs red, chaos comes again, inevitably. So when all the lights are blown out and the people are like ignorant armies that clash by night, now, keep in mind, this was wrote... In the 20s. September of 1927. It's the Red, not really Red Scare. It was when the communists tried to take power in Russia. This is great stuff. Or maybe they already did. My history's not that good anymore. I just... This is not one I've been waiting to use. This is one I literally just found tonight because we had no it preparation. It kind of brings up... You know, I, I was always curious because, like I said, I went through the chariot pretty fast. There wasn't a whole lot of time for me to learn kind of the back meanings of right. all these rituals and everything. And... uh it's kind of neat to hear how it's kind of. This is awfully interesting. It's not just the Freemason idea about the three ruffians. Yeah, that's how we represent the the basically like the the three uh, when Christ was stabbed and you know was crucified and everything. I never really thought about that. Of the three ruffians, the most terrible, the most ruthless. The mob. most brutal, the mob, right, is the ignorant mob mind. Yes. No tyrant, no priest can reduce a nation to slavery and control it until it is lost in the darkness of their ignorance. By ignorance, we mean not merely the lack of knowledge, but the state of mind in which men refuse or are afraid to think, to reason, or to simply inquire. When the great freedoms of the mind go, everything will be lost. Wow. After this manner, Pike expounded upon the meaning of the three ruffians, who robbed themselves, as they would rob their fellow craftsmen, of the most precious secret of personal and social life. A secret, let it be added, which cannot be extorted, but is only one when we are all worthy enough to receive it and have the will and courage to keep it. Though, oddly enough, we cannot have the real liberty until we are ready for it and can only become worthy of it by seeking and striving for it. But some of us go further and find the same three ruffians nearer to home hiding in our own hearts. Mm. And naturally so, because society is only the individual writ larger and what men are together is determined by what each is by himself. We all know who the ruffians really are. We have only to ask, what are the three things waylay each of us, destroy character, and if they have found their way, either slay us or turn us into ruffians? Why do we do evil and mar the temple of God that is inside of us? Three great Greek thinkers searched until they found the three causes of sin in the heart of man. In other words, they hunted in the mountains of the mind until they found the rough ends. Socrates said that the chief ruffian is ignorance. 
that is no man in his right mind does evil unless he is so blinded by ignorance that he does not see the right socrates would say no man seeing good and evil by side by side will choose evil unless he is too blind to see its results and enlightened self-interest would stop him therefore his remedy for the ills of life is knowledge more light and a clear insight plato said it is all true as far as it goes but the fact that men do see right and wrong clearly and yet in a dark mood they do right or they do wrong in spite of knowledge thank you espn <laughs> when the mind is all calm and clear the right is plain but in a storm of passion stirs up sediments in the bottom of the mind and it is so cloudy that clear vision will fail you. The life of a man is like a driving team of horses, one tame and the other wild. So long as the wild, her the wild horse is held firmly, all goes well. But often enough, the wild horse gets loose and there is a runaway and a wreck. Hmm. I need a drink. We'll continue on. This is some compelling That's, stuff. I mean, I've never really, I've always... You know, like I said, I've been going back through and learning some of the esoterics of Freemasonry in the last, you know, five, six years. Because, you know, I went through the chairs real fast, and there wasn't really a whole lot of... I've never seen this before tonight. I was learning my ritual work back then, and I (laughs) I was just learning how to basically parrot it back. You know, you say it, I repeat it, I remember it, and then I do the same thing as somebody else. Parroting. Parroting. Just blind ambition. You're not, not blind ambition, but the blindly just put words out there that I thought were important. Well, we've talked about Socrates and Plato. Let's see what Aristotle has to say. Aristotle says, but that is not all. We do not get to the bottom of the truth of the matter until we admit the fact and the possibility in ourselves and in our fellows of a moral perseverity, a spirit of sheer mischief, which does wrong deliberately, and in the face of the right, calmly and with devilish cunning for the sake of wrong and for the love of it here truly is the real ruffian to be feared the most a desperate character he is who can only be overcome by divine help thus three great thinkers capture the ruffians hiding somewhere in our own minds it means much to have them brought before us for judgment and happy is the man who is wise enough to take them outside the city of his mind and execute them nothing else or nothing less will do to show them any mercy is to invite misery and disaster they are ruthless and must be dealt with ruthlessly and once and for all if we parlay with them if we soften toward them we ourselves will be turned into ruffians good but foolish fellow crafts came near being intrigued into a hideous crime If thy right eye offered, pluck it out, said the greatest of teachers. Only a celestial surgery will save the whole body from infection and moral rotting. We dare not make terms with evil, or else it will dictate the terms to us before we are aware of it. One does not have to break the head of a brother in order to be a ruffian. One can break a heart. One can break his home. One can slay his good name. The amount of plight and redefined ruffianism that goes on ruffianism, that's a word. That's a good one. The amount of polite and refined ruffianism that goes on about us every day is appalling. Watchfulness is wisdom. 
Only a mind that is well tiled, with a faithful inner guard ever at his post, may hope to keep the ruffian spirit out of your heart and your mind. No wise man dare be careless or take any chances with the thought. Feelings and motives he emits into the lodge of the mind, where he is a master. In closing, let us live, watch, and work until death, the last ruffian, none, can escape. Lays us low, assured that even in the dark, dumb hour which brings a dreamless sleep about our couch, we will not be able to keep us from the face of God, whose strong grip will free us and lift us out of our shadows into light, out of the dim phantoms into the eternal life that cannot die. So mote it be. So in closing there, that's a well-educated read that's way outside Todd and mine's comprehension level. <laughs> Not what you call it, comprehension. I understand all of it. That was uh, some pretty deep stuff. Yeah, I mean, we never really think I've about... I've never looked at it that way. I've never really thought about the whole Hymeric Hymer- legend and everything. Ooh, Hymeric legend. Good word, man. Yeah, I heard that on a TV show one day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, we're not academics. We're we're not college graduates. We're not guys who wrote. You I know, barely graduated high school. Well, I graduated high school easily, but I probably should went to college. But I was lazy. Let's go to college, Scooter. An interview with Randall Ellington <laughs> available now at the That Other Masonic Podcast Archive. Yeah, but you know, it's um, you get those deep thinkers like that, and they, you know, and, and I don't know where the ritual. Well, we kind of know where the ritual came from, as far as. You know, when we had an interview with Roger Van Gordon, he's, it's all, a, you know, based on something here and there. That guy is a Masonic historian. Oh, yeah. Not just but a past grandmaster. If you actually wonder, okay, where did all these, where did this ritual come from? Where, What is the basis of it? Because it had to be, no one just came up with it out of nothing. That's a pretty you know? creative guy. Put him on the WWE right team to see the ratings <laughs> soar. Yeah, no kidding. But, you know, you think about, okay, if you go back to whatever, uh, you know, if you do look at where you have the ignorance of the the priest and the politician and the mob, if you think about it, a, a priest can only do so much. One person can only do so much. Well, I mean, yeah. But then you got the the priest get the politician going, then the politician gets the mob going, and the mob gets things done. You know, as far as the the crowd of people, not the mafioso. If you go that far with it, mafioso. You know, but it's. They know where Jimmy Hoffa's buried. Somebody does. <laughs> For those brothers that care, check out the Jimmy Hoffa episode from Steel Toes and Scoreboards. We're available wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> I will plug that episode. That was one of my favorite, me and Kurt did. Right. But you get to wonder, okay, if you got the – the mob's always going to have a fatal blow. Because, you know, think about it. You go back to the revolution. You know, the mob started the revolution – from you know, finally standing up to the British, hundred percent, and then you got the uh, say the French Revolution, where the mob took over the palace and they killed the king and the queen and everything like that. So the mob's gonna get stuff done, right? And they're gonna be the final nail in the coffin if you let it get that far. So if you think about the first ruffian who you know gives his a blow with a certain instrument, I'm not gonna explain That's that. That's right. Then the second ruffian gives his blow. And in a certain area and everything. Then the final blow done by the third ruffian. Which is usually you, and that scares people. That's why they never come back. <laughs> no one. Just kidding. I never done a third ruffian down here. But you think about okay, if it is a you know, you do the 
if you quiet the voice, then you kill the heart, and then you kill the mind. Kill the brain. Yeah. So basically, you, you kill the, the voice to speak a reason, the heart where the conscience is at, and then the mind where the reasonable thinking is. Which is pretty profound if you think about it. But I never. That was a very profound and reading. This very is, you need to send that to me. I want to read that again. But uh, it's just so. Man, it kind of blew my mind on that. I never really thought about it. And like I think, God, you know, I went through the chair so fast. I went from, you know, senior steward, senior deacon, junior warden, and master, and then four years in the East. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of time for me to, you know, I was learning the ritual so fast, trying to learn all the parts that I didn't, I didn't really get to the meaning of it. Now I'm going back through and I'm learning the meanings of all this stuff. And this is kind of blow, kind of blow my mind in a way. So. That was a good read. Yeah, it was. I really liked that. I mean, if, but if you think about it, you think about it in today's world, no, you know, is, let's not, not get political on this, but let's just say, are they, let's say the government, the politicians or whatever, are they trying to silence our voice? Because right now you can't, you can't say certain words anymore. Like him, he, her, she, you know, stuff like oh, that. Oh, here we go. I mean, is it the government trying to do that? Because I know in Canada, with the Jordan Pierce thing and the whatever bill they're trying to pass, the AC bill or something, I forget. The air conditioner bill? No, it's something about where they, you had to refer to somebody in their, you had to, by law, refer to somebody in their whatever pronouns they wanted to be called. In Canada, was trying to get that law passed. And Jordan Peterson was totally against it. Uh, I don't know the whole story on that. I'm not trying to be political at all. So whatever your opinion is of it, it's your opinion. Your okay, opinion there alone. you go. Yeah, you might want to put that disclaimer out there. I mean, this is, I'm not having to an opinion on it because really I think it's ridiculous. But if how you feel, feel hey, feel that way. That's great, grand, wonderful. I'll I'll help you out any way I can to make you feel better in your life. Let's, but I'm not going to tiptoe around you. But anyways, well, I want to read that. That's three sentence paragraph again. I want to read. Go ahead. The first strikes a blow at the throat, the seat of the freedom of speech, and that is a mortal wound. Right. The second stabs at the heart, the home of the freedom of conscience, and that is a near fatal blow since it puts out the last ray of divine light by which a man is guided. Right. The third of the foul plotters falls his, fells his victim dead with a blow on the brain, which is the throne of the freedom of thought. That's pretty... That's. Now, obviously, Todd and I aren't going to give away. That's the one thing with Sonic Podcast. You can give away anything that's in the, in the monitor. In the monitor. But that's, I mean, you think about that. That's all three mm-hmm. blows right. in the second half. Yeah, it's all, it's all basically, I guess, well, okay, it's kind of based so much, not so much on the crucifixion, but just as, you know, I don't know how, if the Jewish or Jewish community has anything to say about this. I wish I, I'd love to speak to a, a Jewish mason about some of this stuff. A well formed mason. I'm going to find us a, 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 a brother mason who is of Jewish religion. Right. I would love to interview them. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. But, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty open minded guy on that, in any aspect of that. But, but you know, you think about the, the three wounds of Christ where they did basically silence him. That way, pretty much. You had the three. What did say? The three guards of it, which was. Now I want to go home and watch Passion on the Christ. I never have seen that. I haven't either. I've had the DVD for years and never watched it. <laughs> just, I've had the DVD for almost twenty years. I've never watched yeah, just, it because because I was always told if you're going to watch the Passion of the Christ, 
You gotta be a certain state of mind. You gotta be a certain state of mind. You have to be completely isolated from the outside world. No distractions from right. family. No dis- telephone. Right. Social media. Nothing. I've had that DVD almost twenty years and never watched it once. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm a Mel Gibson fan. I don't care. I'm a Mel Gibson guy. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, but I always, but going back now, like let's let's talk about this in other ways. Like I picked a good one. Yeah, it was a very good one. Very profound. But for you know, a season wrap up. But almost. you talk about like in the, like I said in the political movement now where they are trying. I don't, I don't know if they're really trying if they're if some people are trying. I'm going to say all politicians, but some people are trying to reduce our speech, our freedom of speech. Now, should we say words that are derogatory? Like, like that? them trying no. to ban TikTok in America. Exactly, and even that, I think the it's the state more, of Montana has made it illegal. Yeah, or but something. you know, there's nothing in Montana. You ever watch Yellowstone? There you go. <laughs> but need to take these boys to the train station, Todd. But you, know, you think about: it, Are they trying to silence our voices? Okay, they silence our voices, and what's next? They're going to try to silence our our conscience to tell us what what's right and what's wrong. They're going to take our guns. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. But but if they, they silence our voices, they silence our heart, then they're going to tell us what to think. I mean, so basically, those the symbolism of those three strikes is basically they're trying to uh, eradicate the ignorance. They're trying to, to, they're trying to get a secret, which they're not you know, privy to. They're not allowed to have. They're not, you know, uh, worthy enough to have yet. But they're trying to get it through the three strikes. You know, so basically they're they're quiet in the voice, they're quiet in the, the conscious, and they're quiet in the mind. Of the three ruffians, the most terrible, the most ruthless, and the most brutal is the ignorant mob mind. Right, because they're just going because everybody else is going. No tyrant, no priest can reduce a nation to slavery and control it until it is lost in the darkness of ignorance. By ignorance, we mean not merely a lack of knowledge, but the state of mind in which men refuse or are afraid to think, reason, or simply inquire. When the freedoms of the mind go, everything is lost. Well, you know, you think, let's think about Nazi Germany. Okay. See, I knew we were going to get into this because... I mean, that's, that's the first thing in my mind right now. He you know? convinced... He convinced... And I came... Okay. This would be people. This would be Roger... This is where Roger would use the word bitch in a good form, <laughs> and I didn't censor it. So I'm going to use it. The son of a bitch convinced millions of people to slaughter more millions of people. And he got them to conform. They, they literally... Took away all these people's ways to defend themselves and mm-hmm. to stand up for themselves and what to think. And it, it's like and he, the son of a bitch pulled a hootie hoo over everybody well, right in front of their eyes. He took the rights away from people who weren't blue eyed, blonde hair Christians and took away their, their basically all their rights. He took away their guns. I like blue eyed, blonde haired women. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Train track. But, you know, it. And doing something like that, you take away their freedoms. You take away the freedom of, of basically protect themselves. Then you take away the freedom to speak up about taking take away our freedom to protect ourselves. And then you get everybody else all worked up, and they are doing the same thing that one guy's doing. So if you got the mob, you get the mob all worked up. Well, after a while, the mob just goes because like it's like a wave. It's going to pull everything with it. So if you got a crowd of people going down, they go, yeah, I want to join that too. What's going on? You know, they don't know. So usually the mob is ignorant because they're just doing the same thing the guy next to them is doing. 
And the guy, the guy next to him doesn't know what the heck's even going on. He just following the guy next to him. So it is just basically an ignorance of the mob. So I was not going to bring this up, but. It's a deep episode. Uh, well, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I knew somehow. Uh, I knew somehow we were going to get to. To this Nazi Germany thing and and, and tied in. Talk about talk about freedom stuff like that. No, but go back to but, but no, it, it is. But it made me think about this this great quote from uh, this Lutheran pastor from Germany. Yeah, uh, Martin uh, Martin Luther. No, Mark, <laughs> Martin Niemöller. He he was uh, he was in a Nazi concentration camp and everything and he's had this quote and uh he, he's uh it, it, it just it's profound and I'll, I'll, and go ahead and read it okay it's just uh and and this is something every single one of us has ever has ever heard before we've all he said first they came for the socialists and i did not speak out because i was not a socialist right then they came for the trade unionists. Now, I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Well, then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. That's profound right there, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no one left. If you don't speak for the people before you, there's going to be no one left to speak for you. I can't believe we just tied Hitler into the ruffians, but in a way, well, I mean, it just—it's just a kind of a metaphor for you know you let again, let's you just let the ignorant the people who are scared. Just and, to clarify for anybody listening, <laughs> Nazi Germany bad, Freemasonry good. Just right, to, right. Just to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. these two are not related. No, it's just uh, a, it's just a way of kind of opening our. Let you be able to see a certain it's way. It's 2023, and we still have people walking around with swastikas tattooed yeah, on their bodies. Ignorance. I'm just, sorry. Oh God. Do you ever see it at the French Lake Resort up there the the fence they got there on the front porch and everything? I've never actually been up there. Okay, I've never been to it's the covered, place. It, I don't know if it's. I think it's West Baden actually, not French Lake uh, Hotel. But they're like spit stone exactly. from each other. But the uh, the old railing there on the front porch, big big giant front porch out there. Had a swastika on it. Now you got me. I think it was built in what in the late eighteen hundreds. Probably, it's one of the seven wonders of the world. Right. You know, so it's this is literally forty minutes from where we're recording yeah, right now. It's, it's one of the a, seven wonders of the world. It's a big giant. The dome West Baden hotel. Springs it's, Dome and Atrium. It's awesome. Yeah. But if you got to the front porch on the the front cast iron wrought iron you know railing and everything there, there's a swastika on it with a sign. To this day. It was covered up now, but oh, okay. I'm getting I was that like, point. Shit. I'm getting that. <laughs> Whoa! But they were. It, this was probably eight, nine years ago. They, they were still not covered up, but it was cast into the railing with swastika. Well, the the swastika originally was a symbol for health and uh, human, uh, basically for health and, and good health. And everything has been used by you know it was used by the the Vikings, the Buddhist. The in, uh, Hindus, I think, even have a symbol uh, close to that. And the Nazis were the ones that made it bad. Well, them sauerkrauts ruined that for everybody. Yeah, they did. But now they're all covered up. But they had a thing there. You know, they had a, a thing next to one of the posts that said, 
you know, you see the swastika. It's not a. It's not a symbol of a hatred. It's a symbol of health and uh, human kindness. Don't say happiness. That would be bad. It was health and human kindness okay. and everything. And I guess finally they decided to cover it up because it was. You know, it could be. I mean, anybody who had any dealings with it, like people in in the uh, Kaiser Institute, they would saw it. They would. You could be the PTSD stepping up real quick on that. Uh, yeah. So probably instead of you know starting a big fuss about it and replacing the whole you know ancient uh, grade up there, they just covered them up with some sheet metal and painted everything green. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to West Baden Springs, a uh, spa and hotel and everything there. It's one of the seven uh, wonders of the world, everybody. Beautiful. It's forty minutes from where we record every yeah. episode. Forty minutes. Yeah, we just missed a bunch of Mason's up. up yeah, they were all up there for yeah. a Scottish Rite thing. I should, I should yesterday. have there and hung out, not just you know, just went there and hung out for a day. But. I text Bride. I, I commented on Bridegroom's post. Yeah, I said, so you're forty minutes away from me, and I didn't even get to see you. <laughs> should have been podcasting with him, right? So I thought about it, but and I knew they were coming down there. I just forgot all about it. Should have took a day and went up there, but. Oh, well, I had family stuff going on. You've been a little busy. Yeah, a little bit. I did not realize this episode would be this good. I didn't realize it would be this deep and how dumb we really are. <laughs> they wrote. So oh, yeah. Much. They had and, better. And, that, and that's something else. Break, breaking off that for a second, I want to tell everybody, these you can find this anywhere. That's why yep. I preach in so many of these episodes. Like, I always call it, I always title it and file it under Masonic education. Right. Sometimes it's poems, sometimes it's stories, sometimes it actually is education. But there's no shortage of sites out there you can use. The two biggest I use is Mm MasonicShop.com, who has hundreds of articles, and Masonic World, who has thousands of articles. Did you send me that article? I said I emailed it to you, but I I copied the link, but I don't know if if it'll take you to the site Mm -hmm. or... Well, what email do you use? Your your uh, toad whale, Todd Whaley, toad whale. They're both all. They're both that. <laughs> toad whale. Okay, let me shut down my Pandora real quick. <laughs> I want. I like to read through that again because that's very very p- profound. Yep, there it is. You just sent me a link to Masonic World. Oh, it, so it wouldn't copy it. Well, you just gotta got go to. It's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Good. Ruffians. I'll, I'll bring it up by our next day of the meeting. I'll write a little something up for that. A little synopsis of it. I think that's, that's, I mean, I mean, how many Masons do you think actually understand that? I understand, I understand what, what some the, of it. It's well, some but, of it's very in depth. Ruffi- what the Ruffians represent. Well, how I do you get the reference? It. I never would have thought yeah, about it until I, I read this. I never got that reference before. Of course, I'm, like I said, I'm not. I am not. You are a ritualist. I, I'm a ritualist, yes, but I don't You're understand. You're not an esoteric. I don't, I don't understand the rituals. I know what it says. Ain't I know that what, what you it call teaches. an esoteric? We need to get some esoterics like on the that, show. Yeah, but I, mean, I never went that deep into it. And that's what I've been wanting to learn in the last you know, five or six years. I know uh, one guy, I love having a podcast. He's from Arts and Science Lodge over in Ohio. Yes. And they're not like the. Uh, Lodge Vitruvian here, there in Broad Ripple, Indiana, where they're a uh, European you concept talk about lodge. Broad Ripple Lodge a lot. I had a lot of fun in Broad Ro- Ripple. <laughs> Roger talked about Broad Ripple, right, but he was one of the founding members of Vitruvian Lodge up there, and they're a uh, European concept. That's lodge. That's the coolest lodge name of all the lodges in the Hoosier State. Lodge Vitruvian, yes. Yeah. Which well, you know, Vitruvian man is all about equality and stuff like that, but um, 
their European concept lodge, but then you have other other lodges in the state that are um oh what they call it uh, oh shoot, I forget. Uh, observant lodges. Traditional observant lodges. Where they do everything by candlelight. They do kind of the old fashioned way of doing stuff, which is cool, so don't get me wrong. But and I'd like to see a lot of lodges kind of go back to that where it's a little bit slower progression through everything. But let's say we don't have the time or the patience for that anymore. Let's let's just uh, let's hop in the Google machine. I'm I'm just googling three ruffians better understood. Let's see if we can what what all kind of hits we get on the Google machine here. Well, you remember that Pentelphia Lodge? We went for a lodge of research, right? Remember the uh, candlelight? The three great lesser lights were uh, candles. Yes. Well, cause they're they're a lodge that has they're called an observant lodge. They do everything by candlelight. I know. I think that's awesome. I think I think it's cool as hell. It could be messy, but it's cool as hell. What is this here? The three. Yes, I'm opening closing bottles. <laughs> okay, let's let's hear. Let's. Uh, wh- where does this come from? I don't read it. Why not? This come from an Islamic mason. Awesome. The three ruffians better dis- better described in today's common layman terms would be complacency, entitlement, and disruption. Ooh. When we start out on the path to success, there are times when it seems that we will succeed with little effort. The path is clear. We just need to keep going. Just then, a ruffian appears in the path. His name is complacency. He reminds us of the progress we've made. Just look how far you've come. Surely you need not work as hard as you have been, he taunts, and after a while, he may convince you. He seems to be a good guy at first. He constantly reminds us of our wins and and progress, but in reality, this is complacency delivering a wound to our real progress. We become complacent and even self-righteous in our duties to move forward. Once we are weakened, By the wounds inflicted by complacency, we are greeted by the second ruffian, entitlement, who steps onto the path. Now undermined by complacency, we begin to feel that we are entitled to success at the end of the path. Entitlement whispers to us, you deserve success. Brother Todd, you deserve an easy path. Brother Jared, the path needs to be wider. Hey! That's what it says. The path needs to be water. It needs to be better lit, and it should be paved with gold for someone like you to perceive. Thank you. Thank you. It should be paved with gold for me. At least platinum. We be- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start releasing comedy albums. It better go platinum. Yeah, go, we, go begin to th- <laughs> we begin to think that entitlement is right. If only I had something better or more of something, I would be able to succeed. If I don't get that, I'm going to quit. Success is not guaranteed to anyone, but especially those who feel entitled to it. If we fail to remember this, entitlement would wound us even further. And as we leisurely stroll along the path, there is no longer any reason to push ourselves too hard. As the first two ruffians have already pointed out to us, we are confronted by the worst ruffian of all, disruption. Disruption is a prick. When working in conjunction, <laughs> you say that. Yeah, when working in conjunction with complacency and entitlement, 
Disruption can often deliver a deadly and final blow to our success. Disruption comes in many forms. Changes in leadership, policies, and procedures at work are disruptive to our workflow. Changes in our families through birth or death are disruptive to our physical as well as our emotional well-being. Disruption will jump right in your path and say the path is now blocked. You may go no further. If we have been wounded by complacency and weakened by entitlement, then we may easily be killed by disruption. Uh-oh. Disruption, however... Is a bitch. <laughs> need not be deadly. Disruption can be transformed from a ruffian of failure to a brother who can help us succeed. Disruption is inevitable. He will always be there. When our lives are disrupted by something that is irritating or inconvenient, do not let annoyance get the better of us. When we feel the irritation or hassle of doing something new, it is the great architect simply letting us know that we have grown complacent and entitled and it is time for us to grow. In closing, disruption is vital to success. Do we not disrupt the stone when we transform it from a rough ashlar to a perfect one? Disruption is progress. By becoming Freemasons, we are disrupting our own lives to become better men. Freemasonry is a transformative process for many facets of our life. When on the path to success, we must be ready to face these ruffians. Wisdom is the ability to recognize complacency and overcome it. We gain strength as we conquer entitlement and the corrosive nature of its being. The beauty of disruption can only be realized when these first two ruffians are defeated. Boy, we just getting all yeah, up in this tonight. This, though, we? wow. this would be one of our best episodes ever. Could be. Are you uh, Are you live streaming us right now? No, I was actually looking at the uh, Delville Masonic Lodge time capsule being pulled out of the cornerstone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it just popped up my feet. I thought I'd look at it. Let's see what else. Who were the ruffians? This is interesting stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of what I've been looking for as far as learning some of this stuff that I just never thought about. <laughs> you know, I mean, I should have. I didn't. What do the three ruffians represent? Well, I like that first example more than anything. I mean, that was really. Now, here's stuff from the KnightsTemplar.org website. There we go. Uh, let's, what does the Knights Templar say about the ruffians? God wills it. So I was watching the, oh, what's that movie with Randall Bloom? They say the three ruffians represent ignorance, prejudice, and greed. The first ruffian represents ignorance. Ignorance in this context is the lack of knowledge of how to properly relate and act towards others and how to consider the welfare of others. Ignorance allows a person to be easily influenced to commit offenses that will harm other people. These offenses can take the form of plotting against someone, spreading rumors, lying, or conduct that is detrimental to others or may benefit the perpetrator at someone else's expense. Mm. Ignorance stifles the mental growth of a human being and helps prevent his ability to think beyond itself. It also tends to foster an exaggerated sense of self-entitlement which leads to encourage the type of behavior that ignorance perpetuates. The second ruffian in Masonic lore represents prejudice. Prejudice creates and encourages hate and intolerance. 
The practice of intolerance makes a person or a group reject the opinion or belief of the others summarily without giving any thought as to the validity or value. Prejudice is a narrow-mindedness that encourages hate because of race, religious, or political beliefs, and some other reason that is unreasonable or invalid. It will discourage a person from understanding his or her differences with others and blocks the growth and strength that understanding and acceptance can produce. Hmm. The third ruffian represents greed. Greed is the desire to obtain wealth or power by any means necessary. Greed can manifest itself through thievery, deception, swindling, swindling, swindle, or any other means which can result in one person or group attaining unfair advantages over another. In contrast, the three principal fellow class collectively represent the attainment of knowledge and an individual's effort to improve by practicing the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, truth, and morality. They epitomize the effort to battle the three ruffians in a defense of good. They teach us to battle ignorance by gaining knowledge of how to properly treat and relate to others. They demonstrate that this is not an easy task, but a lifelong effort to improve our ability to practice the knowledge we gain. They teach us to battle prejudice by the realization that every person should be treated equally without regard to their race, religious, or political belief, wealth, or their station in life. Every person should be treated as an individual and judged only by how they live their life and what they give to humanity. They teach us to battle greed by realizing that there are things in life that should be more valuable to us than wealth or power. Honor, integrity, are invaluable in the battle against evil. The respect that we receive from others for possessing and utilizing these qualities will earn an individual the kind of love and respect from others that is more valuable than any amount of money or possession of object. The three ruffians demonstrate the forces of evil are always at work to influence the unsuspecting and the weak and to recruit them in battle so that evil can triumph over good and chaos can then rule. They use powerful weapons and allurements to influence and win people to their side and that are always present to capture anyone who might slip. The three fellow crafts demonstrate that although forces of evil are powerful and relentless, we can still prevail through perseverance and the diligent practice of virtue. Hmm. Oh, so Todd, that's uh, that's a lot. <laughs> Todd's over here. Todd, Todd didn't lost interest. He's scrolling TikTok now. <laughs> Sorry, my ADD kicks in. <laughs> I, I thought that. it was just me, bro. No, I get very bored and people talking. Um, Thanks. Well, podcasting. I there's one thing I. I can drive this as a podcast, and that's why I'm doing two things at one time. So I keep my mind occupied. But, man, I mean, this is... One of the best episodes we've ever done. I would, we weren't even playing in this episode. No, it, it just but, happened. But coming to, this uh, is all organic, bro. Like I was saying, you know, we got... I always tell guys there's more to the masonry than to what's in the ritual book. 100%. I mean, there's all kinds of articles out there, guys explaining how they find... Like the ruffian thing, I mean... What do, what do the three ruffians symbolize? That's all basically is basically symbols. I got a feeling we could find 20 more articles with oh, yeah, everybody easily. saying the ruffians represent this, this, easily. and this. Well, how about this? On our Facebook page, you guys tell us, what did the ruffians represent for you? When you were going through there, yeah, it was just three guys roughing you up and everything, but 
I mean, what do, what do you think the three ruffians? How many people symbolize? do you think listening to this podcast now? Yeah, and this is not a slight against any brother, Mm-mm. because we both love what we do. Right. The love for what we do has grown into a podcast that has got love from all over the world. <laughs> yeah, crazy enough. There's there's probably a hundred Masonic podcasts out there in the world, oh, probably yeah. more, without doubt. Yeah, and we're getting a lot of traction on our end. Yeah. But how many brothers do you think listen to this now? Never thought a single thing about the ruffians past that night. Probably or past bunch. the degree they see. I never did. I never thought. To about some it. people, it represents a living person. Living person, yeah. How many do you? Because th- I tell you right now, until tonight when I clicked on this article, I'm guilty. I'll raise my yeah, hand. I, I never know. once thought of anything thought past about the tip of my nose on this. Near die. I never thought representation of the throat, breast, and head had anything to do with other than just. That's where they hit them. Let, let's hit that back one more time for everybody listening. Uh, that was such a good. <laughs> that was such a a good thing. I want to hit that one more time. Yep. The first strikes a blow at the throat, the seat of the freedom of speech, and that is a mortal wound. There you go. As Todd is making the uh, Dew Garden sign. The sign, not Dew Garden. Well, <laughs> I guess you're sitting. You wouldn't be doing the. The yeah. second stabs <laughs> at the heart. The home of the freedom of conscience, and that is a near fatal blow since it puts us, since it puts out the last ray of divine light by which a man is guided. The third of the foul plotters fells his victim dead with a blow to the brain, which is the throne of the free. That was, boy, that had a good sound. My head's hollow. Yeah, <laughs> which is the throne of the freedom of thought. I mean, yeah, man. I just I never I never put two or two together on this. I never really did. We'll get feedback on this episode. Oh, we'll I'm get sure we will. On every episode. Yeah, I'm sure we will. But like I said, this is what I'm trying to learn now. Coming back because I took almost ten years off lodge when I started my family and everything. Moving down here, not really knowing anybody, but I took about ten years off. And Freemason was always there, but it was never in the forefront of my life. But not, like now it is. I wouldn't but, be getting educated had we not done this show. Exactly. Hey, you got podcast equipment? Yeah. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. I'm like, that's stupid. Nobody <laughs> listens to Masonic podcasts. And then you start throwing Masonic podcasts at me. And shout out some of my favorites. Traveling Man. I like Traveling the Man. The First Three Knocks. The Masonic Ring. Of course. Masonic Light. At Refreshment. The Goats. The goat. At I, Refreshment. I mean, I'll tell you what. We've been communicating with Wes Reuter and those guys for a while now. And we're finally going to get to meet them. In a couple weeks. Yeah, so uh, as, I'm as we real forward to that. as we sit here and record this, it is a it is a week before Father's Day weekend uh, coming up in two weeks. Which by the, the time 24th. you guys hear this, it'll already have happened. Right, the twenty fourth, Todd and I and uh, brother John McEwen, brother John McEwen, we are. Uh, John's driving. Yeah. We've got a reliable vehicle to get to (laughs) Illinois. We're going to take the three-hour trip to Illinois. Air conditioning and everything. Air conditioning and everything. (laughs) We're going to stay in a hotel. Uh, Two guys in one bed. I'm sharing a bed with somebody. Yeah, I'll sleep on a couch. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. We're uh, just joking. We're uh, we're gonna go up there, and uh, we're gonna see that refreshment, boys. We're gonna see that. We're gonna see it. No, Mark, Mark, you're not gonna be there. Come well, on. I guess I'll do the grotto that week, or maybe you're great. I ain't sure though. I'm gonna get to meet Marty. I, Marty, <laughs> Wes, I know you're listening, Marty. I will get a picture with you. You need to get a big old hug with. I him. don't care if I have to hog tie you, Marty. <laughs> Mean, yeah, people ever seen two fat people go at it? It's like two D7 bulldozers bumping in each other. I will bear hug you and hog tie you. I will get a picture with you, Marty. 
We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta get and I gotta get a thumbs up from Yoshi. That's yeah, my cool guy. Cool guy approved. <laughs> yeah, we're uh we're definitely gonna do something with those guys, uh do a little bit of collaboration. Hey, hey what? Marty can wear shades at night. Ask me why. Just, ne- just, no, 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 let me do it. Ask why? me why. Because the sun never sets on cool. Yeah. Ugh. It's when you got face palm. Oh God, <laughs> really, man? We need, yeah. Wait, seriously. We need, we need, we need a face palm equivalent. Until we get one, this is our face palm. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This was a fantastic was a episode. I like it, and I could keep going another thirty minutes, but it's eight thirty, and Todd promised Mama he'd be home at nine o'clock tonight. Yeah, so. yeah, she needs help putting the kids to bed. I don't blame her because the one little guy is real sore right now, and. He's lactic comforting. I wonder how fast he's going to run now. Well, his legs are straightened out. Right now, he's pinned toes can be. So he's sorry he <laughs> don't want to move his legs. But the little guy, I mean, he had these things putting his leg to post straight his bow legs out. And they're, I'm sure they're sore as they can be. We've had him up walking several times now. And he's taken everything he had to take one step. But like I say, once the sore wears off, he's going to be a lot better off. Todd always talks about David's head. <laughs> and I just and, and I and because I'm such good friends with Todd, I can crack the joke with him now. It makes me think of that episode of Family Guy where Stewie was his head got bigger. Oh yeah. And so he was walking and all of a sudden his head fell backwards and he just falls. Yeah. Because the whole weight of his head just topples him over and he just Yeah, if he wasn't so damn cute, I would I'd, I'd probably feel sorry for him. <laughs> Not feel sorry for him, but laugh at him. He just been he's he's, he's been good so good through all of it. Now coming back from Indianapolis. Yeah, what was, was rough like, on him. what was yeah, because you came to Lodge that night. You're like, yeah, I got back at noon. Yeah, we uh we left about, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning to come back home and we took our time and took it slow. It still took like like five hours to get home, but he would just every little bump. You can see he winced, and every while he cried. So we had to give him more pain medication way down here and everything. He finally went to sleep, thank God, for about a half hour. <laughs> but and that you know the road construction around Indianapolis. I mean the state the state flower ought to be a road cone, I swear. But or orange barrels or something. I just. Uh, That's the state flag for the Hoosier State orange barrels. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but what I should have done went straight down Marina Street and did did kind of how we went to the Scottish right and just went that way. Got Epler and all that stuff. And went down thirty seven because we couldn't even get on thirty seven, like on Harding Street down south. Anybody knows South Side of Indianapolis is all messed up. Oh, their old construction's been going on. Yeah, forever. It's, it's just horrible right now. And they got one eastbound or westbound shut down. We went. We just couldn't go that way, so it took us all the way out towards like Decatur Central High School and everything, and Mooresville basically to get back on thirty seven. We had to go through Martinsville and finally hitting uh, sixty nine through Martinsville, which is a pain. But you know, you know the most easiest place to drive in Indy, and I hate it because it's the craziest. Four sixty five. I would call it easy. It just it goes. They say it just makes it, one entire circle. circle. Yeah, it's a big circle, dumbass. All it is people. But. It's like Indy 500 on oh, yeah. 465. I was uh, well, I was doing 65 and I wanted him to follow traffic, and a guy passed me and the guy was standing there. I was running 60 one day. I was because it was wet on the mm-hmm. roads. I about got mowed over just oh, running yeah. 60, and I'm like, guys, there's wet pavement up there. It's they, wet. They, they it's, don't care. They just boom. I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a serious accident on 465 every day. I, don't, I think there is. I really, I believe that every day. And everybody's like, it's so easy. It just makes an entire circle around well, the city. Yeah, it does. But if you're not in the right lane at the right time, you can't get to your exit. So you try to make a shortcut across there and take out 15 people. 
Which you know, what if you if you live up there, you, you're used to it. Because I used to drive it all the time. Because you were used to it. Yeah, I was so used to it. It wasn't nothing. Like we went to the Scottish Rite Founders Day, and it was in what seven o'clock in the morning. We were in there, and there was no traffic around. Hell, you're you're even kind of nervous then. Yeah. I, to me, that's nothing. Downtown Indianapolis in, in the early morning is easy. It's terrible around noon. That's when the worst part is. Well, uh, let's start to put a bow on this episode. This uh, I got to get home. <laughs> this will be one of the final episodes you will hear for this season. I don't have a release date yet. No, uh, we'll figure something out. We've still got mm-hmm. one in the can. We just recorded this one. We recorded another one earlier. And we're going to do one uh, coming up at the uh, Oklahoma Indian Degree Team. Yep. Hope we don't embarrass ourselves on that one. Depending on how I I, I phase these out, Todd and I are not – Todd and I will not record after – we'll record again in two weeks for the degree. Mm -hmm. But after that, we're not going to record for about a month. But the way I'm going to layer these episodes out, uh, if there's any gap in between seasons, you're looking at two weeks, three weeks tops. Yeah. So we'll be gone for a little while, but it won't really seem like we're gone. Yep. And uh, turn your notifications. Yeah, turn on your notifications. Todd and I will post, and of course, uh, we'll be back with with more great content. We've got uh, another bunch of interviews. The interviews are gonna, as I mentioned Keep in going. the last episode, you guys just heard the the interviews are gonna start to dominate about sixty percent of the show. Also, watch our socials. We're gonna start. I'm gonna start putting more stuff on Todd, Facebook. Todd handles our TikTok Insta and TikTok. I'm going to put uh, some more stuff on Facebook. I need to get us more active on there. Todd usually handles all the social media channels. Yeah, we're just, I got, I'll make sure the newest episode's out right now, which you already know about that. Yeah, it's already got 10, ep- it's already got 10 downloads all right, so, as of this recording. But uh, as far as look for our lives on TikTok and Instagram, even Facebook lives. Todd and I will be going either Facebook live briefly or TikTok uh, at the degree Yeah, for briefly. Well, not during the degree. No, well, obviously not during the degree. We'll Sorry. The you you want to see that, you got to pay money and get up there yeah no kidding contact greg sidwell there's still tickets available i don't yeah. know how many check our uh, facebook page all the information's on there uh all but right there is no walk-ups left everything else is you gotta pay ahead of time there is no walk-ups left nope there will be no room for walk-ups there's air conditioning yeah, i'm so happy yeah but it's a big gym with a lot of people in it yeah, yeah. We're going to get there early so we can get good seats because I'm yep. fat. I want to be sitting on the edge somewhere. So I got the outside room. Yeah. So we're going up the night before. Probably won't see you. We'll probably get up there about 9, 10 o'clock. We'll get up there about 9, 10 o'clock night, go straight to the hotel room, and then uh, yeah, we'll, we we'll get do, some food. We should do uh, that, that other Sonic podcast after dark. <laughs> we could. <laughs> we could do We one. got the equipment. We could set up right there in the hotel room. That's true. We could. Me, you, and John. We'll get with the after. For, oh, well, they won't be down until the next morning. No, they're coming down, but they're staying at some farm, he said. At a farm, yeah, it's a farm they know around there. You know, I don't know. That's what they told me. So, so we could go have a party. Shots out. <laughs> I don't know about that. What do they always say? Shot, shout out. Shots out, shouts, shout outs for shots out or something like that. I don't know. Cool guy approved. <laughs> cool guy approved. And all right, well confirmed. <laughs> there you go, Brock. Confirmed. Is that what he does? Yeah. I, yeah. Illuminati confirmed. confirmed. <laughs> wow. Jay-Z will not be. LeBron's part of the Illuminati. I don't think LeBron James even No, because if he was, about. he would have got another ring this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for Brother Todd, this and is uh This is, uh, yeah, another one. This was an awesome episode. Yeah, it kind of opened my eyes well, a little I'm just bit gonna, to I think I'm, I'm just going to title this one Ruffians, an, oh. in-de- an in-depth look. Yeah, I think I'm going to do a little more research in that, maybe uh, present something at our next state of meeting. 
All right. So for Brother Todd. And for Brother Jared. Thank you guys so much for your support. It's been a great season, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Hey, remember, turn on all your notifications, like, comment, subscribe. Peace. Out.